All right, episode 12 of the Dime Boxing with uh, Delco podcast. We are back. Dime, say what's up. Oh, man, this is a great episode. We are joined by the one and only Matt's B-Ball Cards. And rumor has it, we may be being joined by Nick SP Cards. Not here yet. Meeting started at 7. He's (laughs) not here. Rumor has it, he will be joining us shortly here live. He's been picking up some big cards, so maybe this is just fashionably late for him now. He's been moving. He had a great sale, which we're going to have to congratulate him on. I don't know if he wants to talk exact numbers, but we'll double check with him when he's on here. But he sold a very nice PSA 10, auto grade 10, uh, Brady patch auto. He moved that card, so we'll we'll bring that up to him when he joins. He's he's looking to buy some big stuff. He's definitely making some moves, right? Oh, Live. Wait a second. Wait a second. He jumps in. He jumps. I'm throw. I throw right into that. Right in there because he hopped in there. So Nick has just joined the podcast. We are live recording Nick. So just uh just as a FYI, when you jump in, dimes. We were just talking about you and your big sale. Uh, no time to prep. Uh, might as well just jump right into it. Yeah, and I don't know if you want to talk numbers on that. So I didn't say any numbers. I just mentioned what type of card it was. So if you want to, you can. But no, nah, yeah, it's all it's all good. Uh, what's going on, boys? Thanks for having me on. I was locked out there for a second. <laughs> How do you get locked out of your place? Well, no, I was locked out of the pod. You guys had oh, some, uh... some like passcode I had to type in. Oh shit! Oh. Yeah, we didn't share you the passcode because secretly we. Didn't, I mean, I I didn't really want you on here. <laughs> But yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, uh, I guess we'll jump right into it on the uh, sale that I had. Um, I sold my SP game used uh, Brady Patch Auto PSA 10 over the weekend. Uh, I was on the beach drinking a nice margarita and saw the offer on eBay. Said it in the group chat and I uh, accepted it. Um, and the sale was for like, it was, I mean, it's not that big, but I mean, I consider it kind of big for myself as a collector, uh, but I sold it for ten thousand. So that's big. Um, that's fire. That's a uh, yeah, it's big, dude. Out. Five figures. Yeah. Let's go. It was it was exciting and uh, hit me up. I'm buying now. So let's go. <laughs> buying heavy. What percentage? What percentage would you consider? Are you like thinking like fifteen percent, eighty percent, like anywhere in that range is acceptable? Ooh, eighty's too high. I'm I'm thinking like fifteen's a little high, but I'll, I'll start around like. 14 13 percent 14 well no if it's a cash deal that's not bad like 14 that's, that's definitely strong i i would consider that strong so but yo uh, how was the philly show philly show well i was just about to say nick sp is not the only one who made a huge move this past weekend i know somebody found a card they've been looking for for a while so i'll turn it over to the Philly card king right here. Delco, tell them about this Philly card rainbow you just put together. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I went to the show each day. I didn't plan to. I was only going to go Friday. I'm looking around Friday for AI refractors. I find a uh, 2000, 2001 uh, AI refractor with Kobe on it, and I uh, scooped that up. That was really cool. Um, I was happy to purchase one. That's actually my second one of that same card. Uh, kind of in this quest to get all the AI refractors. Um, I had another one come in from Taiwan that I got from some guy, um, which is kind of cool. And then 
I came back Saturday because my uh, my ne- I was watching my nephews and we had nothing better to do but bring them to a card show and buy them Pokemon cards and kind of show them what I do for a living. So that's kind of like I'm like the cool uncle that works in cards for a living and just like wants to talk about cards all the time. So we brought them there and then I saw a 97 uh, Topps Chrome Hobby Box um, for sale and it was the guy asked for 600 bucks. Last comps were a thousand um, and the eight fifty on eBay. So I was like, all right, immediate deal. And then I got him to do half trade, half cash. But I think it was an immediate win. And he took it at full comps too, like the trade value. Ooh. So it was like easy win, uh, $300 cash, the inner trade. And I get this 97 Chrome hobby box. Still, I'm going to keep that sealed as just like a long-term play on like the Duncan and McGrady refractors. Um, and then I I get a text from my buddy, um, Ryan, who is a principal and uh, M3 Philly cards on Instagram. And he was like, yo, the AI 1996 refractor is here. I missed it somehow, like at the show. Like I looked, I thought I looked at every table, but I had missed this card. That's my like grail that I really wanted to pick up. So I was like, shit, I'm going back to the show again for a third day straight on Sunday. I go there to talk to the guy. I bring no cash. I don't know what I'm doing. I just like, I really don't have the cash to go like withdraw and make this purchase at this time. So I was like, all right, like, how can I swing this? So I bring no cash and I'm just going to try to trade for it. The guy's like, no, like I, uh, you know, straight cash only, no PayPal uh, and no trade. So I just start like, case in the room i go to dimes i go to me i go to matt uh i sell everybody a card basically i go to sports cards and stuff i go to sports card connection uh i go to um yeah just a bunch of different people in the room santiago sports santiago too i'm hitting up everybody selling my cards as quick as i can i get 3400 in cash Walk over to the guy, trade him one one hundred dollar card and the and thirty four hundred cash, and just grab the 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 Grail Iverson because this card and the reason I did it was because I just never see that card. Like it's not a card you even see for sale around at shows. So I was like, you know what, it's worth it to me to just own that, um, and just for the story. And uh, people were paying strong enough on my stuff, so I, I was happy with without all my boys coming through for me to get me some cash. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the story. So I was really happy with it. And I'm just going to keep that in the PC. That's not like in the flippable inventory. That's like staying at home. Um, and uh, yeah, that's like my grail. Like that's the one card that like for AI, it's his best card. Like there's nothing else, right? Like to me, uh, that w- is a better card. So um, yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah, that's fire. I mean, the interesting thing about like the difference in shows is like when you're walking, you can choose what you try to buy in terms of like play. You just have a lot more choices and table. Like when you're set up from walk-ups, you like have to be in a position where you're buying things that maybe aren't your favorite. Like that's sick that you were able to find that there. Like I, I don't think I really even got to scan the room that much. Like it was pretty busy, but that's, I mean, that's, and it's awesome set. I know you were looking for it. You thought you would like never find it. You were like pretty much set on the fact that you could not find that card for a while. 
I mean, yeah, like I, I've been looking, like I've just set out looking for it uh, over and over again at Dallas, at um, all these different shows. It just doesn't pop up. So um, when you look at the pops, it's like it's like 250 at PSA and 50 or something like that at BGS. But if you think about it, like it's it's a card that's 30 years old now. Like how many are crossovers and cracks? Like it might be like 150 total. There might be 200 yeah. or like something. And it's like a, it's a top card. So who knows? I don't know. It's super short print. I don't see it. Um, I want to own one. And I probably, if I saw another one, I'd buy it again. Like that's the type of card. Like I kind of think of it. That's how, like, I think AI is even above his own accomplishments as like a collectible guy. And that's how highly I think of the 96 refractor set for like key rookies. I think acquire them and hold and like, it's going to be good for you. A hundred percent. And speaking of like PC projects, uh, last night, Nick SP got to see Matt's Terrence Ross collection, I think for the first time. Um, one of the best single player collections in the world out there. Tons of game useful stuff, rookie stuff, one-on-ones, golds. Um, it's insane the, the size of it. So Matt, tell us like a few of your favorite T Rosses you have and like why you collect them. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate that with the love. Uh, I mean, I, I do consider myself probably the biggest Ross collector. So any other Ross collectors like come get at me, like it's on, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of just like ever since I started collecting, like really I'll never forget one of the first like trades I made for a Terrence Ross card was actually right when I downloaded Facebook. I joined, uh, I met a guy on YouTube. He doesn't really do videos anymore. His name's uh, John Bridges, a UNC collector. He changes um. Uh, name a bunch of times but he was a huge uh, John Henson collector and I wanted to do everything that he did with John Henson with Terrence Ross so the first thing I, I first thing I joined uh, I don't know if you guys do it on Facebook a lot uh, was NBA hotspot uh, it's one of the biggest like trading platforms they're actually the company that made that very very swap like app like they're connected somehow I mean I've been out of a hotspot for a little while now um, but uh my first post in there I posted I was looking for Terrence Ross and uh it's a really specific card, but uh, picture with me, uh, 2013 Select, uh, the High Flyers insert set. Uh, it's a Terrence Ross Black Mosaic 101. It was that one in the green. Some guy in Australia had it. And me being probably, I was probably 13 or 12 at the time, never traded anything or bought anything across the country. But, like, this is a whole new, like, platform and, like, all these different cards I've never seen ever. And... I pulled the trigger right away. I can't tell you what I traded for it. I don't even remember now, but I ended up sending the black to BGS and a nine five. And it's probably like my favorite and most sentimental card of my Terrence Ross collection. But um, yeah, I mean, that was what kickstarted it all. Um, he was cheap at the time too. I remember trading like some, a bunch of like higher end trade stuff to me. I mean, it's just funny now looking back and it was a triple threads uh, at a nine tag auto of David Lee, <laughs> David Lee. Right. I valued it. I remember trading this kid. He had a Ross Immaculate patch, like out of five. He's valuing it like 200 bucks. And I traded it to him straight up. And like, the dude's still on Instagram. So, like, I don't want to like drop his IG out there. But like, dude, get wrecked at the time. <laughs> I thought, uh, but I mean, now looking back at it, I mean, both cards are probably worth like 25, 30 bucks. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was just stuff like that. And like, kind of like playing with him in like 2K is really how I like fell in love with him like, as a player. And uh, yeah, I mean, all this stuff's like kind of cheap to pick up. So, I mean, I was telling the guys last night that I, I checked Terrence Ross on eBay literally like four times a day. 
on like new li- newly listed and it's like at the point where it's like i'm i'm kind of done buying like the over populated rainbow chasing and stuff like that it's kind of just like dead inventory now because i mean dimes and nick you've seen it like that's like i have like three of those cases filled of raw stuff like i'm done with the base stuff i'll really pay for like rookie stuff if it goes on auction like immaculates and i have a couple nts too um but then like a logo man or and i want to com- complete a late a name patch plate so i have r uh i have r and uh, I think R two S's and I'm missing an O, but like from different years. So, I mean, that's what I, I ideally I'd like to get to, uh, but yeah, that's like my Terrence Ross. Sorry if that was too much. No, no, yeah, that's that awesome, good. man. That's yeah. yeah. I love I mean, that because I, I love that in the hobby. Like, cause you just like, it gives you like a purpose to go like do stuff and collect in the hobby. Cause you're so focused on like one guy. And then that gives you like a reason to pick up different cards and just kind of like, be into the hobby i think it's awesome it's really cool no 100 percent. and i owe literally like all of that like i whole idea of like super collecting and like trying to get every single rainbow like i owe that all to that guy uh john bridges i don't really keep contact with him too much but every once in a while like i'll send him a card or two uh but like he definitely instilled that idea uh in my brain when i was younger thinking like because like you know when you first start collecting oh i want to pc this on a pc this and he's like dude you need to stop pcing everything you're not gonna I had Isaiah Thomas, I had a bunch of all these random dudes. And he's like, you got to pick one and stick with it. And then once you build it out, it's going to be like insane. I mean, like literally I take it out all the time look at the stuff. And like, if I don't like talk about it, like, I feel like nobody would know. Like a random person coming up to me and be like, you hear Terrence, like I make a Terrence Ross joke around a table and everyone, all my friends and everyone here laugh about it. And everyone's like, who the fuck is talking about Terrence Ross? <laughs> and like, it's like, you, you don't get it. You don't get it. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's how it's special to me. That's you know what I wish KD would have stayed healthy because if Terrence Ross could have been playing in the finals that would have been like fire. What could happen? I mean, let's not take that out of the equation. Like yeah. Terrence Ross or uh, KD's not out for the year. Yeah, he's not out for the year. I think I don't know. I, I'm getting well, scared that the Who's Warriors. Gonna, who, who who you think the yeah? I don't think anybody's very can't dominant count them West. out. Can't yeah, count them obviously out. Obviously can't count them out. But dude, the the, the Suns have the the human torch. It's T Ross. He's there. <laughs> dude if he has a big like game five like if the suns are winning the series and like kd goes down again or something and like they need like a, a bench player to step up and He's t ross has well. a game if, like if he goes off in like a clinching game like remember wiggins had a big finals and like he had that crazy short-term spike like i feel like the spike for t ross will be bigger because people have lower expectations like he just needs one big finals game <laughs> <laughs> no 100 percent. and i mean like honestly like he's been filling it up he's like the second or third dude off the bench because the suns have a lot of good role players but like literally all terrence ross is on the floor is to shoot the damn ball all he does is just jack and dunk it's like there's no there's no defense there's no rebounding he just absolutely just runs court to court corner to corner catch rip dunk baseline or catch and shoot three like, that's it or come off screens and shoot that's it all he does is shoot it's an offensive that- powerhouse like you, you can't get those those days yeah, that's what's good. That's like what people want to see in the hobby is scoring a lot, shooting threes and dunking. Like if he can put that together in the finals and like really help them win, I feel like that stuff could go like up a decent amount. That's the thing. We're at that time of the year with basketball now where like you have to start looking at not just the star players, but like role players. Like I remember when freaking Grant Williams, who was like the 2019 prism that people were willing to throw away. He had that Eastern Conference finals game. Like remember Terrence Mann? 
I remember because I I remember selling a Terrence Mann silver temp for 500 like the night of that game and just being like what is going on like he had that I think he scored like 40 something points in a in a playoff game and his that like all it takes is so I feel like I mean it happens more with younger players like Terrence Ross has been in the league long enough but like I remember when it happened with Grant Williams. It was, I think, the craziest one-game playoff spike from a no-name I saw was Terrence Mann. Like, that was insanity. And that was also when the market was still decent. The basketball-based junk had cooled off, but it was still way hotter than it is now, and it was still hot enough for, like, that to explode. So I feel like looking at, like, young players on teams, like, I know we were talking about, like, Josh Green, how, like, I had bought his stuff a little bit ago, and I – didn't realize like you brought up to me like yo he's like actually good and like yeah. that's the type of dude who I feel like if the you know you know the Mavs are gonna play and you know a ton of people are watching their playoff games now you got Kyrie's banged up you don't know how much you can rely on him it's like Luca could you know it, Josh Green could step up in like a big playoff game and then people said because I feel like the difference in viewing with NBA and playoffs and regular season percentage wise has to be like a bigger difference than like football because I feel like NBA regular season like it's not like regular season Eagles football where people are getting together to watch it it's like NBA regular season is like the stuff that people forget about and then people will get together to watch a Sixers playoff game like people are watching the playoffs so like what something that I got to try to force myself to find time to do is like look at some of those top teams and then look down the roster and like try to see like who could be those guys. It's worth a chance if you can get some of their stuff cheap. Like, I mean, obviously you got to make sure like you watch, you know, some highlights, make sure you like the way he plays, like read some articles. Like I love just typing in a player's name, a young player, if I'm not sure, type it into Google and then hit news and then read what like the local reporters are saying about him. Like the local reporters are the guys who understand like the fan, what the fan base thinks and all that stuff. So like, I feel like at times in the past, like local reporters have been really high on guys and like it's worked out. Like I think going to like, there's just different research that you can do for the NBA playoffs that can pay off big time. And the thing is, if you find a guy, all right, let's say you pick uh, Josh Green. Let's say that's your guy on the mask and they don't do anything this year. Guess what? They could be in the playoffs next year and he could still be on the mask. So it's not like placing a bet where it's all gone. Like, Sometimes you just got to put it away and forget about it. So, like, I don't know. I mean, are you guys making any plays specific for the NBA playoffs or? Well, I mean, I did, but KD got hurt and you rinsed me. Sorry. I sold, yeah, I sold him a card right before KD got hurt. <laughs> that was a great move, Dimes. You smoked it. Great move. It was good time. You know what I executed well on there? Timing. The That's market's right. all about time. I sold it before he got hurt. I didn't wait till after he got hurt. And that's what the, that's the kind of timing you got to find. Big brain, big brain. No, big brain. That was a big brain move. Crumbles, Nick. Yeah, but no. Last year I made some good plays. Like uh, last year I watched like the most basketball I think I ever did. Um, I bought a bunch of like um, Phoenix Sun stuff, like Chris Paul, flawless patches, Booker autos, things like that. And like I think right before they went on their run, I kind of just dumped it all and turned it for decent little profit but this year like I have not watched any basketball so I've kind of been like a little uh reluctant on buying cards just because you know I mean I don't really know who's hot and like what teams are like fake and what teams are real and going for like a deep dive into the playoffs so uh I'll, I'll let you guys uh 
chime in on that. But that's really all I have for the uh, basketball pickups right now. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You said how you haven't watched as much NBA this year. I feel like a lot of people are starting to lose it. Like, I think this has been a tough year for the NBA in general. Like, between players sitting out, injuries, the John Moran thing, the Kyrie Irving thing. I feel like there's been, like, a lot of things that have just, like, hurt. In I think the one of the biggest things is, like, just guys just sitting out just because. Like, you know, I, I mean, they're I can't even get into how much they make a game by sitting on the bench just to rest but it's incredible but like I feel like that's hurting the NBA and and it hurts I, I hate to see that everyone like, will be back everyone will be back in 15 games in the playoffs rank ranks up just every year like when the playoffs goes everyone's watching basketball again that's what's truly just like what you said I think even the Sixers like they were kind of unwatchable at the first half of the year but recently their games have been more and more exciting as they're like giving more effort trying to win and like now Embiid is uh this is just kind of transitioning but Embiid is uh leading kind of the odds for MVP um so I don't know I don't want to jinx it because but I feel like this is kind of usually the moment that he always has like with some time to go it seems like he might win it and then something bad happens so if uh if the Markel Fultz situation where he doesn't like run into him and break his face or like, like if he does something unfortunate, doesn't happen, he might actually do it this time. Yeah. He's, he's like I said, we talked about him beat and how it has those ups and downs. And it's like the second half of the season, he always spikes, but I mean, to me, he's, and his cards are up and he's playing great. I just, and I just don't want to get too overexcited about him because I want to see it. I want to see this in the playoffs. And I know you said he's had some big playoff games, but I feel like there's been a lot of times. I'm going to kick it to Matt here because I know he's ready to jump in, but I need to see this from him beat in the playoffs. Yeah, Duck, I'm just going to give you the heads up. You and me here, we're on the same side. We're, we're, we're fighting absolute two haters right below us. One <laughs> directly below me, massive hater of Embiid, begging, begging the Sixers to trade him. Below oh, no. Okay, so I'm just going to give you that heads up before we get into this because, like, it might get violent. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Trade Embiid. Oh, no. Go ahead, Nick SP. Go on. Get, give, give the, Nick give the said we should trade it for Jordan Poole. Well, I mean, look, like, piggybacking of what Dime said, like, my whole thing with this Embiid thing is, like, we have not made it out of the second round in, what, five five years now? four years now or it's been more than that since the process i mean yeah the reason the process started was because we couldn't make it out of the first or second round so we do all this process stuff and we're stuck right back where we are and while i'll say Embiid's an unbelievable player i just don't think the sixers or the nba revolves around centers like i don't think centers win you games and championships and i think the league's proven that like look what wins like unbelievable guards, Steph Curry, Giannis, like all those forwards and guards, ball dominant players. That's what's been proven to win the last five years. What's proven to win before that, like in the early 2000s was like Shaq, like, you know, all those big guys, but it's not the 2000s anymore. Like, but Shaq, like, like I thought, I'm glad you brought up Shaq, Nick. That's like a talk, great Talk point. your shit, Delco. That's a talk great shit. point. Because I was watching a Shaq documentary just recently, and I kind of like reviewed Shaq's career. And he had such a similar from 92 
all the way up until the Lakers actually get it done. He had a similar run. He was a similar age to MB. And people said, this guy can't get it done. You can't win on a team or revolve around a center, a center. It was like the same rhetoric. And then he finally got it done. And I feel like we haven't seen, I agree with you that they've been super disappointing, but like, let's see the year like with, with, with Harden and, and Maxi and just like, let's let the year play out. And if MB doesn't come through and he looks horrible and he's the reason, then I'll, I'll stand corrected. But I feel like I feel like he's come through in the playoffs for us before, okay. and it's been Simmons. It's been other guys. Like, I don't know how you can blame Embiid. It's not always – like, in basketball, there's – you know, Jordan has lost big games. There's all these other players that have lost big games. It's not always the top player's fault. Well, my only worry right now is – and, like, we're all falling into the trap – is, like – and I hate to say this, but, like, why do we want Embiid to win the MVP? We should be wanting to win a championship. So if he has to miss 10 games coming up to rest and get healthy for that playoff run, who cares about the MVP? But Give it's the MVP. No, he deserves it. Like we're all no, but I'm simply trying to say, I simply try to say if he needs to like bust his ass to get to that MVP, which he's more than capable of winning, then what's he gonna have left in the tank in the playoffs? You know what I mean? Like, like I don't I from history. I don't know if he's going to have enough to win an MVP and then get us to the finals and win that. And if he does, power to him. But I'm just a little worried that he's too focused on an MVP than, than a championship. Uh, Here's my thing. He's putting up these numbers because he's willing us to win these games right now. He's not being like, you know what? I need to be the MVP, so I need to drop 45. That's not what he's doing. If you watch the Sixers games, that's just not what he's doing. Like, if he was, like, shooting every single shot and, like, playing out of the way that he normally plays, then I could say he's trying to be the MVP, and that's all he cares about. But, like, there's been multiple, like, last year when he lost the MVP, what what was the press conference? I don't give a damn about the MVP. I'm just trying to win. Was it not? And that's all he's ever, like, said to the media. Am I wrong? Like, call me out there. Yeah, I don't think he's – I don't think he's – like just trying to play to win MVP. My whole thing, like I agree with what Nick said in terms of like, it's interesting. The process was so we could get pet. We were already a playoff team. I remember I actually thought about this the other day when I was seeing how well Drew Holiday has been playing this year. And he, the start, like the process officially started with that draft night trade of Drew Holiday. Cause he was like the last star that they had from that team that couldn't get out of the second round. He was the last one left. And they traded it to uh, for the pick that led to Nerland's Noel, I believe. And that was how the process started. And all the, you know, Okafor not playing right. Simmons not playing right. Embiid, the years, all that stuff. Sarich oversees the whole process. And they, they also did miss on so many picks. Yeah. Fultz, Simmons, both number one overalls. I mean, Simmons, can you even call it a huge miss? He gave you some all-star years. But you think about Okafor, number three overall. We're going to kick it here to Matt's Bivol cards. He's got his hand up, and I like when students raise their hands. I call on students <laughs> that raise their hands, That's not students that. who call out. That's why I did that. And um, I think uh, I think we need to, like, determine, like, we can call Fultz a miss in the fact that the guys that were picked ahead of him, but Fultz is averaging career highs in every single category this year that he's had in the season. Now, is that, a, is that because he's playing on the Orlando Magic? 100%. Absolutely. But when he was with the Sixers, everyone's like, 
after we he sucks like he can't do any of this he can't do any of this but like he is doing it here's an example of a guy who had the same leash that couldn't do it uh rj hampton goes to orlando doesn't put up numbers orlando cuts him i'm just saying like fultz has it fultz is good he's good at basketball but in the terms of that draft it was 100 percent of this because jason tatum yeah he's still 19 and it took him this long to figure it out. He, you know, like the Sixers didn't get anything from him. They didn't get anything. Simmons, at least they got, you know, they were able to use him in a trade that has actually ended up benefiting them. But like, it's crazy. Okafor was a number three pick like that. Was that like, draft was ass. Yeah. There was no Towns, one to get else Hilo, otherwise. Total miss, 100%. But Hazonia, Booker. Hazonia, Booker was picked 15. Right. That's true. They Booker yeah, wouldn't have picked three. Yeah. No Monley. Come on. What are we what are we doing? Porzingis. Yeah, he's a god. I love Porzingis. <laughs> I've always loved him. Dude, Porzingis is like um Wembenyama, dude. He's just like Wembenyama senior. No, but he's good. Wembenyama sucks. You got a point there. It's too brittle. All right. I, uh yeah. we've probably been talking about uh like, you know, random Sixers stuff really too long, but trans <laughs> keeping it in Philly sports. Nick SP was in uh, was that spring training um, yeah. down at watch some Phillies. How was that, Nick? Dude, it was awesome. Vibes were really high. Like um, everyone's so hyped about the Trey Turner thing, um, and like a- everyone was wearing like their World Series gear. Like vibes were high. I mean, the expectations are are very high for this team. Um, it was a great time down there. It was actually pretty cool when I walked in. Um, I was looking to like you know buy like a shirt or something. And there was like a little collectible store there. And I walked in and they were selling like, um, like game used, like uh, spring training signed jerseys and stuff that you could like actually bid on and stuff. And I was actually going to like, kind of, you know, I was thinking about buying something that was like a game used, like Harper auto Jersey. Um, I was really thinking about buying something cause it was just so like sentimental to be down there. Like, you know, yeah. at the uh, facility in Clearwater, like it was cool, but. I kind of realized, like, I didn't really feel like lugging the whole jersey around, and you know, you know, the collectibles, like the bats and the balls and the like, the, the jerseys, they can kind of be tough to hold and like, you know, store and whatnot. And so I didn't do that, but it was an it was an awesome uh, experience. Uh, my buddy, who I went down there to uh, see pitch, actually got in, and uh, they put him in in a jam, man. It was, uh, I think it was first and third with two outs, and he wound up getting out of the inning. Um, so it was hype. Um, it was, it was cool, uh, chilling with them. Shout out to Mike Adams. Um, he's doing some cool stuff down there. Uh, but it was a great time. I highly recommend it to anyone listening to, uh, get down to spring training. It was a blast. Yeah. Are his, uh, Bowman Chrome's out yet? Oh, I got a couple of them right here. Of his? Oh, no, no, no Bowman Chrome's, but. Oh, that's started. pretty sick. Yeah. That's cool. Dude, so that means his Bowman Chrome's got to be coming soon. If he's I don't know when. Um, I don't know, but if they do, I'll I'll, I'll hook the boys up. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> For sure. That's fine. Yeah, did the Phillies end up uh, – did you end up signing the deal? What? Did you end up signing the deal? What deal? The one that the Phillies were offering you when you were down there? <laughs> <laughs> I heard they need a Patriot in center field. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, my God. I would sign that contract in a heartbeat. I'd be the Speaking number one jersey sale. Speaking of Patriots, uh, prison football 
is just coming out. I know first off the line just dropped. Um, Delco, you had a good point about uh, an auction related to first off the line. Remind me what that was. Oh, just uh, the the just to pay attention to the Dutch, Dutch auction for the first off the line on Padini.com. Uh, you'll notice, I think it's sold for like 700 and they're offering, uh, or it's like 700 or 800 and like they're trying to sell the regular box for 650. So the Dutch auction first off the line on all Panini products is always uh, an easy play. Um, one thing with prison football I wanted to call out was there's a guy, DT Card Hut um, on Instagram. He pulled the Trevor Lawrence uh, black finite 101 auto um, uh, last year and sold it in, on Golden. And then I guess he ripped another box uh, this year and pulled the Kenny Pickett uh, black shimmer 101 auto. Um, what crazy luck. That's just insane. Back That's to back lottery year. One guy. It's not like a guy, like I follow him. So like, I kind of know, I don't know him well, but I kind of know him. Like we have like an Instagram card, you know, like relationship. I follow him. He, he's just a regular guy. Like he doesn't, he's not like somebody that like is a breaker or something that would have the opportunity to like rip like case after case. Like, no, he's just a regular guy. Pulls a major QB black finite 101 hits uh, year after year um that's pretty nuts i thought that was like an insane hobby story that kind of went it's probably going to go under uh the radar all right nick you're up question question to you guys is because like myself i've been trying to like dabble a little bit on like buying some of the new prism and like grading it i just like i kind of i think this is a good topic to bring up would be like what chases are you guys like targeting if you're even targeting any like the quarterback draft, we didn't really see much of it last year. Like maybe Kenny Pickett, like he kind of interests me a little bit. Desmond Ritter a little bit. Like uh, I just don't know like how much confidence I have in those two. Um, and then like outside that, I feel like a lot of the position guys like um, Sauce Gardner, like Garrett Wilson, like I feel like those guys are kind of already, I haven't looked at comps, but I feel like they might be a little bit overpriced already just based on them winning like, offenses and defensive rookie of the year but like what guys are you looking to chase and buy if you guys are so you're looking to buy new prism raw degraded here's what i'll tell you i wouldn't even you don't even have to worry about chasing rookies i I mean you can the rookies are great to do you know you can do that but if you're not sure on them and you don't really like this class and you don't want to pick a few guys there's guys that are in there every year that there is color printed of, you know, the camos, the orange, the blue ice. Blue ice is my favorite. I love buying blue ice and integrate. Guys like Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. I'll even go, if the parallel's low numbered enough, you go into the retired guys, Joe Montana, Joe Namath. Just make sure it's guys that are very collectible. Like I wouldn't be buying like, you know, some, you know, Steve Young, maybe, maybe he doesn't have enough of a following, but like Dan Marino, sure. He has enough of a following where his prism camo is worth buying, sending a PSA. If it looks clean, getting a PSA 10. Like, I feel like sometimes if you're not sure on the rookies yet, maybe take more time to research that, but the product's out and you know, the nice numbered color is hitting eBay. 
I feel like you don't really need to decide on a couple rookies yet. Just go with the guys that you know, right? Derrick Henry, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, it's his last, you know, it was his retirement year. Who knows if he'll be in prison next year? That could end up being a decently big card. You know, look at what some last year Kobe's, you know, prism stuff is doing. Like, I think there's enough options in terms of veterans. You could take your time and decide on rookies. You don't have to, in the end, you could spend all your time just by guys like Drew Brees, right? It's worth sending in a Drew Brees, like purple power at a 49, in my opinion. You know, I think you will have a margin there. Like that's you're, not- Well, the, you're also a savage though. You gotta, you gotta take that into consideration that you're like the grading absolute yeah. nut. That wants like to scalp like four dollars off of people after, on your PSA nine. Who's the grading guru? He's the grading guru. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a guru of many things. Who knows if grading's the one, then then we'll let it be the one. I but... I asked Dimes one time. I was like, Would you ever like just want to? Why want? Why don't you just start a uh, a group submission service? Like you love grading, like. You're always talking about. He's like, no, I would never do that. I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> Dimes has like a he. He's so unexpected. Like he's got all these theories and things he will and won't do, and like his own way of operating. Oh, he's got a lot of theories. <laughs> <laughs> he got a lot of theories. A lot of theories. He, I, I think he's you. actually excellent at putting in uh, PSA bulk subs. In fact, I actually put my own in on his account yesterday. He did. <laughs> he did have to. But you know what? I've always sent in through people and I've realized I might just go back to doing that because it is not fun. They have such rules on their website. I've read the rules. Get two thin pieces of cardboard. Get a rubber band. They must be in card savers. These cases will not be returned to you. It's like you're signing away your life. I didn't. I used to be so much easier. About? You don't have to actually do that. It's borderline harassment what they put on their website. I put in an order and I think I've been harassed. I am, I, I feel like I've been attacked. It was, you know what? You're it's affected. disgusting. You're affected by oh, PSAs. I've been, oh, I've been affected. I'll tell you that. That's, it, it's, a, I tell it, it is what they do with the rules that they put out and the way that they tell it, it, it's a disgrace and they should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I know Nat's listening, so he's going to he's gonna take that feedback down and get back to you on that one. It's just the rule. Okay, so <laughs> let's say they don't, you don't even have to do that. Then why is it like, you must do this step by step? If it's, if it's optional, you, they could say, this is our suggested way. If you'd like to do it a different way that still works, then that's great. And we can still, you know, we're happy you're our customer. You don't get any of that. This is like you walk into the deli that's packed at 12, the line's out the door, and the dude, you get up to the counter, and the guy's like, what do you want? Come on, tell me your order. Let's go. Ne next. I'm just the only people, only person that's taken the PSA instructions personally. Like, <laughs> he's, he's reading the step-by-step -step one through four instructions and going like, you got Literally, a problem? <laughs> he's the only person that's ever taken it personally, ever. It's so, it's so confusing. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just a maybe i'm a less iq of a person to be doing this i don't know but i'll tell you it is not fun it used to be i just used to hand it to matt hand it to matt and they would just come back like a month later it was amazing somebody it was, was amazing. doing that work though it, you know what somebody do you think was you damn right somebody, somebody was. was and he did a damn good job i'll tell you that much he did a damn good job business uh, partners 
But I did send, speaking of grading, topic I wanted to get to, $9 SGC top series one grading. I did, Matt kind of saved me. Uh, he, last night, I was going to throw away the box. So we get this sub back. It's me, Matt, and Joe. A uh, bunch of cards we graded. Nick, Nick was wasn't in that. Boss. No, but he wasn't in that sub. He was uh, in the true. next sub. Yeah. And I was ready to throw out the box. And Matt was like, dude, there's a hobby pack in there. I thought he was just goofing. I thought he was just goofing, being silly. And I go, I look, and in this, like, bubble mailer team bag is a freaking hobby pack of Top Series. Well, I was like, this is an awesome special that they're doing. Like, just they gave you that for they gave you a free pack. That's awesome. With I think with every sub special that you send out, you get a free hobby pet. Like that's like they are so locked in and engaged with tops on this. Like this is awesome. My one thinking, I mean, I guess the slabs will dry up eventually, and I don't think too many people are really going nuts with this. I mean, in my opinion, I just think it's kind of fun. Like if you pull an insert you like and it looks clean, sometimes getting that in an SGC ten is like cool. Like it's not even as much about flipping but like he what do you think about this like if they keep doing this with all these different products like what if it expands to some football and basketball it's like what does that do to sgc like i hate to bring it up because it's great that they're doing this special but like what does that do to an sgc slab long term like you think it devalues their brand long term the the special I mean, I think there's a chance, and, and I hate to say this because SGC, in terms of the way they treat the customer, is my favorite among the grading companies. I think, I, just, I, I think they need to do, like, it needs, this is what they need to do because they need to compete on price, right? If you can't compete on the value, it has to compete on the price that it costs to actually grade the cards. Like, I think SGC should go into the lower end market and offer a lower price slab and... Like that's how they would get me to send cards to them would be charge me less for grading. Like if I'm not paying 25, if I'm paying nine, all of a sudden, like anything around a hundred bucks that starts to matter, that's 20% on that card. You know what I mean? So, and and not only is it only nine bucks, you get it back in like a week. It's insane. Yeah. Like you, it, I don't know how it, it shows you like how, far behind like some of those other companies really were after the boom when it was taken like two years on some subs and now it's like SGC it's like when they receive it they grade it the next day and then send it back the next day after that and it's like okay it's like pretty much a week and a half door to door at most like that's that's amazing but I just think if you put so many SGC slabs on the market like SGC has made that huge move to go from absolute junk slab to being a actual major player they are now there's now three major grading companies instead of two when I first got into this SGC was considered like what we would consider CSG now like it wasn't a legitimate but I also wasn't doing vintage I'm talking about for modern but now it like actually is like there is three grading companies what if it becomes okay, everybody has a box full of SGC slabs. Now SGC is kind of like CSG again. I hope this does not happen, but Delco, do you think that could happen? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think that SGC has kind of supplanted themselves in the market and they're doing a better job. Like they're going in the right direction where BGS isn't. So um, I think they're, there needs to be a number two. They do, they offer different like value than PSA and it's a different type of service. And um, it, 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 for everything you're describing of like a bulk 
like a junk like box of SGC slab, there's 10x the PSA slabs that are junky. So like it, I, I, you know, it, I don't think it's going to be a problem that's unique to SGC, and um, I, I just don't think that's the the ultimate issue. They, they just need people to uh, want to grade with them, and then like ultimately over time more market share going to them and like a higher perception like day after day so that the value is going in the right direction. I, I think they're going to do that. Uh, yeah, I just, I, don't, I agree with that, but I think over time, like if this keeps being a thing, like if there's over and over $9 special and then maybe eventually they might have an $8 special. I think- But it probably well, won't be though, like on like Topps Chrome. Like I bet you they won't do a premium product at nine bucks. It's unique to flagship. Like, they did Bowman Chrome. Did they? Oh yeah, you're yeah, right. They, they did do Bowman Chrome. You're right, you're right. But I, imagine, we'll see, let's see if they do, if they do Prism Football or something like that. Like if they do a product like that, you'll know. Maybe I agree with you, but- I feel like the products they're doing, it's like, I don't know. They're not really changing the market. They're just like enticing people to get submissions. Stealing yeah, market I, share away from PSA. I I hope that they honestly do well, because I think that's awesome. Like the connection with the people. So talking about that connection they have with Tops, right? It hasn't happened with Panini yet. And like, this is something I was thinking about today because prison football is out. Panini production, right? Do you know when do they lose like football and basketball to fanatics? Do you know the year? It's at the 2024. It's the end of this calendar year. Okay. So 2023 Prism will be the last Prism they drop on their own. That's my understanding. Yeah. Okay. If you're Panini, right? I'm assuming they're not too thrilled about this whole change happening. And they're so, therefore, they might not have the total best interest of the hobby at heart we've seen how crazy production has gone especially with prison football last year retail didn't even have number cards in it i'm thinking part of that was because they didn't want people to start trying to figure out how much of this stuff was actually printed so what do you in 2023 they no longer have any really ties to the hobby how much 2023 prison basketball football no, that's not that's not necessarily true that they don't have ties to the hobby. Like just because they lose the NFL license doesn't mean Panini, like they still have soccer, you know, they still have okay. They're not gonna go dissolve as a company unless they actually get bought. So I don't think they're gonna operate as as recklessly as the uh dimes conspiracy theory <laughs> for the hobby like likes to think. <laughs> That's just my it's, take. I, I don't like they're they're a huge company like in soccer globally, regardless of any of this. Like they would exist without any of the American sports. Yeah. So uh they still have that. You're right. No, I mean you're right. I, I just think I, I just don't see production going down at all. And then when you think about like how much was printed last year and you had all those great QBs, and then this year it's like Oh, who's the chase? Oh, the backup quarterback for the Niners who had a few good games when he started. Oh, he's the chase. Or it's Kenny Pickett. Or, oh, there was a couple good defensive players. And then it's like, oh, now there's going to be, like, all those cards from last year of these guys hitting the market. It's like, oh, man, they're really printing a lot of stuff. But you're right. I mean, it could just be conspiracy theory. But a wise man did once say, 
the, the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth sometimes can just be 12 months, two years, three years. You never know. Sometimes these things end up being true. I mean, Nick SP, what are you, in terms of conspiracy theories, uh, no, I'm kidding. In terms of like, <laughs> I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to make you start naming some Wait, Before you ask Nick that, are you, what are you teaching those kids all day? Like you seem to have a lot. <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. Like you're thinking all these thoughts all day. Like You're not teaching them kids shit, no. are you? <laughs> no. Prison football week is hand out worksheets and try to have as few questions as possible. Okay. You get them busy, keep them happy. You want to go to the bathroom? Sure. Go, just go. I'm busy. You know, go water fountain. Sure. Go. You all want to go? See ya. I got things to do. I got something together. <laughs> I got prison football breaks to watch. Don't bother me. But uh, this has been a great episode. Happy to have uh, Matt's B-Ball cards, Nick SP cards in the building. Pod's only growing. Me and Delco are seeing a slight uptick in some listening. Not going to start bragging, but I think things are going in the right direction. So hey, thank you to all those. Thank huh? you, boys. Yes, sir. All right, boys. Thank you for coming on. Peace. Yes, sir.